titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey, and I've got my two usual line mates with me during a really crazy like six one and three stretch for the Blackhawks and we're going to come back to that in a second but first off he is the analytic starling of second city hockey it is Shepard Price. Uh, Clankinen is the best Pokemon? Wait Clankinen's a Pokemon? It sounds like one doesn't it? It's well, not but it absolutely sounds like one. Clank- there's a Pokemon there's a Pokemon named Clink and it, it would make sense to, to evolve into Clankinen. Well, this also reminds me now, the, back in the day, the Hawks had a guy, uh, Rob Klinkhammer, and I think he was nicknamed Colonel Klink in the Second City Hockey Commons. So um, so there's that. <laughs> I don't know where we're going in this conversation either. So uh, let's just put a pin in it right there and then bring in our other guy. And I don't have a good introduction for him yet, but it is Mil Savage. Hello, Newman. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got it. Yeah. How's it going? I, I don't watch quite like i know a little bit of seinfeld but maybe not enough and uh, i don't have i don't have a good hello newman but you know it gets the job done so yeah we're coming to you just hours after the blackhawks defeated the dallas stars in overtime two to one which was exactly what they did to the stars on sunday as well so the blackhawks had two games against the defending western conference champions and took four points in those two games which are all of the possible points I'm still not entirely sure what's going on because we were worried that the Blackhawks might be historically terrible at the start of the season. Um, They appear to have found a goaltender and their power play is converting at a rate that is just absurdly good. And it's just, it's bizarro hockey this year. I I, I really, sometimes I feel I'm at a loss for words that, uh, that what I'm seeing on the TV is actually happening. But it's also fun. It's been a lot of fun. So, Shepard, uh, come to you first. Um, just what's your general reaction to everything going on with the Hawks these days? Yeah. First of all, it's two goaltenders because, again, Malcolm Subban, the last two starts okay, he's right. had Malcolm are Subban fantastic. Had one, he had one good game. And I, no, he was also good against Nashville. Well, his last two starts. Okay, are, well, Kevin Langanen's had, like, ten good yes. games. So. He's played nine, but, yes, uh, they've all, like, eight of them have been great. Um, well, seven of them because he's got two save percentages on under 900. Um, but who's counting? Uh, <laughs> we are apparently. Yes, I am. Um, no, the, the goaltending is fantastic. The power play because of Dominique Kubalik is fantastic. It's all is by the way, it's oops. All Dominique Kubalik on the power play. Um, he's like just doing everything he has to. Uh, which has this year become assists because he's scored what three goals in 15 games so far or 14 games, which is not, yeah, not, I, not great for him, <laughs> but he's got nine assists and they've all like all been on the power play. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, watch watching the power play is fantastic. The penalty kill is great because of the goaltending is great on the penalty kill. Um, but the kids, the kids are killing it. The rookies and, the young players like Kubalik. Um Ian Mitchell's fantastic. He played 18 minutes last night with seven defensemen. Um, 
which is a lot more than I thought he'd play with seven defensemen. Um, there was all four, again last night in that game winner, all four players on ice were goaltender were uh, rookies for Chicago. Yeah, and I think that's the most fun part of everything that's happening right now is that like it'd be one thing if Patrick Kane was going like three points a night and just single handedly carrying the Hawks to relevancy. But it's not like Kane's having a very good season. He's got 17 points in 14 games. But that's, I mean, we're used to that from him. But it's the fact that some of the guys you mentioned, like Debrinkit's got 12 points in 10 games. Kubalik's up to 12 points in 14 games. Uh, Suter's up there. Strom's up there. Kurashev is up there. And then on the back end, Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Bodan are playing solid, reliable minutes. So it's, and then again, Kevin Locken and Annette has just been a revelation that I don't think any of us saw coming. So it's, it's the uh, it's the combination of their surprising performance with the guys who are contributing to those successful results that just makes it it's it's fun it's a hell of a lot of fun like this is the most fun I've had watching them it's been a pleasant surprise maybe the most fun in two three years because every year it seemed like we were expecting the Hawks to. It seemed like the Hawks always underperformed the last two or three years and then this year the organization came out and said. You know, we're we're looking long term. Maybe we aren't so good in the short term. So they lowered the bar themselves and now they're way over the bar. And I feel like part of it's like, well, maybe if they'd said and said this two or three years ago, we'd be thinking differently. But that's another podcast for for later. Um, But, yeah, it's just it's it's more fun this season than it's been in several years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mill, what about you? Uh, I'm with you that this probably should have been a thing like two years ago. But (laughs) um, with that being said, my biggest take is it was beautiful to see a guy who made two pretty bad mistakes have the game winner because that means he didn't get stapled to the bench in important moments. Absolutely. And I think that says a lot because like you've, you've brought it up multiple times in the podcast and you're right. A lot of times in late game (laughs) situations, these young kids are, are just, even if they played good, they're not getting the minutes. And, you know, I don't know what happened. If it's like, oh my God, they killed Murphy. So they get more minutes distributed or what, but thank God that, you know, these guys are getting the ice time because now we can see what they can do. And, and, and you know, the team five on five, isn't good. Yeah. We're going to come of, back to that in a second, but, but, it's, minutes, but. but yeah, key takes, you know, suitor, uh, Bodan's been playing great. Mitchell looks good. I'd like to see Kershev get some more time. And then obviously uh, Shepard's guy, Kubalik, he's a second year guy, but Kubalik is the real deal. So yeah, that's uh that's what I saw. It's just, it's, 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 you're, you're trying to, to find pieces now that you can plug in for the long term, And uh, you know, like the, at the start of the season, it was a very low list of guys that were, that you knew you could count on for the next, three, four, five seasons, whatever the Hawks' remaining window is. You know, you had, like, Kane. And, like, even to Brinkett, there was a little bit of a question with the way his last season went. Uh, I think those questions have been answered. So now you can – now, like, confidence is back way up on him. Kubalik's there. And then, like, some of these other guys are starting to make names for themselves, like the Suters, the Kurashevs, the Mitchells, the Bodans. Um, and those are – like, the Blackhawks needed a lot more pieces – than they had entering the season and then, you know, plug back in hopefully in the future Taves and doc and, and then with Lonkin and Annette and maybe Subban there as well. Like it starts, the picture starts to become a little bit more clear and it, it's, it's just, it, it builds up a little bit more optimism that maybe they're going to figure this out and they're not going to end up like 
oh, the Red Wings or the Sabres or all the other teams that have been just kind of wallowing in mediocrity for the last five to 10 years. So, so it's again, overall encouraging. And I think one other thing that uh, I, it's, the season long numbers aren't good, but I feel like in the last few games, he's been noticeably better. And as I say this, I'm looking at the stats and maybe I'm completely off, but I thought Dylan Strom was really good at faceoffs for a while. And he was. he was at the start of the season, like first, like I'll just, this is from hockey references game log for the season. First five or six games, there's a 55, a 61, a 71%, 60%. But then the last five games, 41, 29, 33, 35, 25. So that's not great. Well, a lot of that, he's not getting the matchups now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, it's, yeah, he definitely has a, uh, like, he's effectively the number one center. Like, I know Kirsch has been playing up with Kane, but I and mean, Suter too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard to definitely pick out the number one center, but there was, uh, I think it was against at the first game against Dallas on Sunday where they had three straight offensive zone draws on the power play and he won all three of them. And they ended up getting a goal off the third faceoff win. And it was just like, remember earlier in his earlier in his career with the Hawks, like the faceoffs thing were a big knock on him and watching him win two or three in a row and ended up getting a goal because of it. That was again, another on the list of encouraging signs that we're seeing from this Blackhawks team. Now, with all that said, we had an article that just went up at secondcityhockey.com that you can check out. It's the latest in our number munchers series. And shout out to Brad Replinger for coming up with that graphic three or four years ago, because it's still my favorite thing that exists on our website. But the general idea of this article, and Mill touched on it a little bit, is that while the Blackhawks are a ton of fun right now and they're having a ton of success, the things that they are doing to win these games is not indicative of long-term success. They have a power play that's, I think, at about 35% right now. And no team has finished with a power play over 30% in about 35 years. So that's probably going to come down, even in a shortened season. Like uh, Edmonton was at 29.5% last season in 70 games. So the Hawks, that number's coming down. The, power, the penalty kill is up around 82%. That might be sustainable. Um, but the Blackhawks are getting really good goaltending and they're scoring a lot on the power play, but at five on five, they are not as good, especially when you look at just overall possession numbers, they're under, under 50% in shot attempts and uh, high danger chances and scoring chances and goals. Every measurable statistic that exists, they are under 50% and usually in the bottom five to 10 of the league in, uh, in, in all of these categories. And the five on five goal differential is minus 10, which is not great. Uh, the worst in the league, by the way, is uh, Ottawa is at minus 18, which I didn't even think was possible, but they're, that's how bad they are this year. But anyway, um, so I, I guess with that in mind, Shepard, yeah. um, I, I guess w- what, what does that all mean to you? All those I mean, it means the defense hasn't improved that much metrically. Um, as much as we want to heap praise on the young players and, and look at the positives, um, the Blackhawks are 10th uh, in expected goals against per 60. Um, and ninth in high danger chances against per 60 this season, um, which are not great. They've, the, those are like bottom 10 statistics. Um, and while the offense is and the, also the offense is a little bit struggling to drive offense because uh, Jeremy Collison keeps messing with the lines and the one line that's been really good this season of Kurashev and Strom and Kubalik hasn't been together in a while. 
Um, so the sort of like two way line they had is gone and it's just not great in terms of five on five play. And they're, they, it is, they're, they're being heavily supported by like really great special teams, which are done a dive. Um, mm-hmm. So I would sell your stocks now uh, <laughs> as, as, as Jim Kramer says, sell, sell, sell. I um, don't, I don't want any Jim Kramer references on this podcast after the last month of stock market things. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're saying we're not going to the moon. Is that where you're talking? No, we are not going to the moon. Um, we are very, very much likely not going to the moon. Um, <laughs> I would, I would sell while the stocks are high. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like, again, I want, I want to reiterate, like, it's not bad that the Hawks are winning games. It's a hell of a lot no. of fun. And yeah, how great. they're winning, I don't, I don't really care how they're winning games um, like, because the like, young guys are contributing. But, like, the, the long-term plan for this team is to, like, get back into cup contention. And if you if the way the Hawks are currently winning games is not, uh, is not a recipe for long-term success, uh, you, don't, you don't get to the Stanley Cup riding hot goaltending and a great power play. Uh, yeah, you get to like the second round of that with that. that was, or you like, lose in the qualifying round to the 12 seed like the Edmonton Oilers did last season. Yeah. So I, I, the article I wrote, like it, it references the Edmonton Oilers last season had the number one power play and the number two penalty kill in the league. And they were the five seed in the West. And then they got to the playoffs or the qualifying round, not even the actual playoffs, where five on five hockey becomes – uh, is is a pretty good indicator of your team's ability to win postseason games, and they played five games or four games against the Hawks and lost three of them and went home for the season because they weren't good at five on five. So yep. Uh, so the, the and they like if you want a dose of optimism though, like if you can keep the power play and the penalty kill in the top ten, top fifteen of the league, and then improve your five on five play, that's a really good team. And then, and then, yeah. and then, then you're really talking about long-term success for the Blackhawks. But the way it's a shaky foundation that they're sitting on right now, and if the power play regresses or the goaltending regresses, if something falls apart, it could get real, like the six one and three could get flipped to one six and three pretty easily. Right, and I th- and I think for sure the power play will regress at some point this season. I yeah, at thirty five percent, it's just historically not a sustainable number. Uh, Mill, what no. about you? I think we took most of the talking points, but uh, whatever, feel free to add some more. Well, uh, to quote Charlemagne, Quebec native Celine Dion, that's <laughs> the way it is, and uh, you guys just pretty much pointed that out. But oh, um, I, I did think not expect fair. Celine Dion quotes today. But you, sorry, go on. You, you, you got to go with the greatest. Um, but. Sometimes it's it's fun, you know, to ride these streaks out. Okay, they won three in a row, whatever. It took so many points. But I'm not seeing it five on five. Obviously, and we've talked about this to nauseam, no Taze and no Doc. You know, the center depth doesn't help you when you're trying to tilt the ice, the face-offs. Mm-hmm. You need possession drivers, all that. We know that. But the, the Hawks are definitely winning games on goaltending and special teams. And they're not playing great teams. I, I don't care if Dallas was in the final last year. They're not that good. Their lone goal. Was it a high school goal yesterday? Right. It was a mm-hmm. mistake on a suitor giveaway in their own end. Like they're taking advantage. Teams are taking advantage of Hawks mistakes to get their goals. They're not lighting them up routinely. The goaltending has been good, but that's not sustainable. And like you pointed out, you know, in an earlier podcast, when they have to play Tampa in March, that's going to be the the test. And if they get slapped again, it's going to show a lot of holes in their game. 
Yeah, and I think the one of the things that will change is uh, the first two games was uh, Delia and Subban, or Subia, Subban first, then Delia. So either those two play a lot better the next time they play Tampa or Lankanen plays instead and he plays better. So maybe that makes those games a little bit closer. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Blackhawks look like against Tampa riding this wave and you know if it continues for another two three weeks into those three straight games against Tampa we can see how they play that time around but I mean even if you just go to the last 10 games that the Hawks played which is the the last 10 games they're six one and three it does not include the Tampa games or the Florida games at the start of the season if you go down the numbers they're still not good uh from five on five possession numbers they've only had a 45.97 percent share of shot attempts uh, 47% of shots, 48.2% of expected goals, 45.28 in scoring chances. They're close to 50% in high high danger chances, and the goal differential improves from minus 10 to an even uh, zero, 15 goals for, 15 goals against. So the numbers are a little bit better over the last 10 games, and they're not distorted by the dreadful two against Tampa, but they're still not – I mean, they're the highest they come in any of those categories is – uh, 19. So you're in the bottom third of the league pretty much in every measurable uh, possession statistic that exists out there. So uh, those all need to improve before we can really start looking at ideas of long-term success. And again, you can also factor in Taves and Doc are probably two of the better possession driving guys that they have. Maybe their return in the future helps that out as well. But I think that's the one area where if you wanted to say, you know, what do the Blackhawks need to do to inspire more confidence of long-term success? All of that, all of that five-on-five possession stuff, that's where they need to be better if you want to really start talking about legitimate improvements for this team. So Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe. They, yeah. Go ahead, Mel. I would say, you know, and they have to do small things like win face-offs, win board battles. Um, they have to have cleaner zone exits and entries, and, and that stuff's not happening right now, right? Yeah, it's it's the, it's – and all those things that you mentioned would drive up all the possession numbers. So it's like, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's another, all these, all the little things that they can do and improve upon to raise the overall performance. So that's, those are things we can watch in February, March, and April as they carry on the rest of the season and point to those things as signs of improvement. Even if the results on the scoreboards change, if the, you know, if the process changes and the, you know, the idea is that, if you have you perfect your process, you'll end up winning games no matter what. It's the old Bill Walsh philosophy of the score takes care of itself. If you do everything right at the micro level in terms of uh, zone entries, getting the puck, getting the puck out of your zone and into the other zone, and sustaining that possession in the offensive end, um, all the, and all the transition game stuff. You take care of all those things. Eventually, you'll the scoreboard will start flipping in your favor. Shepard, you had something else you wanted to add. Yeah, and I was going to go back to the – they have immediate improvements once Doc and Taves are back, and that probably yeah. also leads to guys who are not scoring who probably should be, like Kubelik at even strength scoring mm. again because, like, playing with Taves was how he became Kubelik last season. Yeah, and, and, the, and the fact that uh, – we've talked about this before, but the fact that he has adapted his game, that he's still contributing as a playmaker in, instead of a goal scorer, like – that's not a bad thing. Like ideally you'd like him to score another, be on pace for another 30 goal season. But um, 
even if he's not contributing in that way, finding other ways to contribute is great. And also, I uh, just want to really quickly touch on the goal that Suter scored, the game winner in overtime. Like, yeah. that that's another just like, oh, shit, that guy's good. Like, it's just it's a combination of speed, hands, and skill that I feel like the Hawks haven't had all of those in, a, in one package a lot lately. So that goal was indicative of this is the type of play and player that the Blackhawks need more of. There's four rookies on the ice for that goal. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and European scouting again, just killing it. <laughs> exactly. Why can't they make well, the entire scouting department out of the European scouts? We've got to give credit to Brandon Hagel. He's basically the Hawks, Luis Mendoza. <laughs> yeah. He's him figuring out, uh, Oh, I should probably pass in this situation instead of shoot. It's probably a good, really good thing for him. I love yeah, the Mendoza reference. That's he, that's very good. I mean, he's he's creating all their all their transition rushes. He just can't finish. No, nope, poor he guy. He's got to get got to get one sooner or later. I'm gonna be happy for the guy. I saw. I think it was Ben Pope on uh, Twitter who made the joke about he's effectively replaced Brandon Side because he has the speed and he gets into all these great scoring chances, but absolutely cannot finish any of them. He's got Stahlberg syndrome. <laughs> oh, I don't want. All right. The side, the side compares that I did. The Stahlberg one's like, ugh. Yeah, for sure. I could, uh, I don't. It still, it still applies. Um. So yeah. So that's uh, I, that's where the Hawks sit now. I think we're gonna take a quick timeout. We're gonna come back on the other side of it and take a quick look ahead to the games coming up against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, later this week and weekend. So come on back on the other side of the timeout for that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as we promised before the break, we're going to take a quick look ahead to a couple of games the Blackhawks have coming up this weekend against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who've been in the news a surprising amount this season for a team that typically is kind of an afterthought in the NHL. Uh, a lot of a lot of drama going on with that team this season. Uh, but the Blackhawks will face them on Thursday night. And uh, excuse me, Thursday and Saturday night, both at the United Center. And then they head to Detroit for two games next week against the Red Wings, which should be a lot of fun as well. But we want to focus on the Columbus ones first, since those are the more immediate ones. And uh, some news is trickling out today from the Columbus skate. Uh, Obviously, the big news with them this season was the trade for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, trading him away and getting Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic in return. And then Laine had to quarantine for a week or two because he was arriving from Canada. And then in his first game, promptly got benched because he apparently smarted off to an assistant coach, didn't play the entire third period, which led to a lot of smart-ass comments on Twitter. Um, But from the morning skate today, Tortorella said that they have moved on and he's going to play against the Hawks on Thursday. So we'll see how long that lasts for. Uh, but outside of that, uh, no real updates with the Blackhawks as we were recording this here Thursday morning. Uh, and I doubt anything substantial. The only real news that might come out is whether or not Adam Boquist gets back into the lineup after he cleared the COVID-19 protocol list earlier this week. Uh, they said he had to take because he was out for two weeks, he had to do some skating to get back into game shape. So he may or may not be around for Thursday night. And I, we probably won't know till 30 minutes before game time, which is the way things are seem to be going this year. So uh, Shepard Mill, uh, either one of you guys, just some general thoughts or things to watch as we're approaching these two games against Columbus. Yeah. The other guy in that trade, Jack Roslovic has been killing it in yeah. Columbus. And he's yeah. somebody to, to watch in this upcoming set. Um, also, Dave, it's Wednesday. It is. Oh, shit. It is Wednesday. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm blaming the pandemic. I, I, I've, pandemic. yes, I've, I've also lost track of dates. Um, but thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, the Roslevic is killing it. Um, there, Zach Wierenski is on IR. Um, so their defense is sort of hampered at the moment. Uh, but Columbus is conti- like, except against like Carolina in a few games, Columbus's offense continues to struggle besides Roslevic and, like that's something to watch because our the goaltenders should be good in the set. Mill, what about you? Um, if I were Jeremy Colleton, I would make this the occasional wear my glasses game. <laughs> but to take it a step further, he should go with the Tortorella on the uh, turtleneck under well, the jacket. Well, turtleneck and polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lose a lot of heat in the neck, so. I think uh, I think he should go with that look. It would give the Hawks uh, a little bit of an advantage because Tortorella <laughs> would be screaming at him between the glass and not paying attention. No, but in all seriousness, um, I mean, they just saw Columbus, so it's a different look with Line A for sure. And uh, like Shepard pointed out, Rostovic is just, he's killing it. But, I mean, I still think that they can win at least split. I think they can win both games, but they need to get better five on five. Like we talked about, there's nothing really to assess there. Yeah. You go back to the, the last two games they played, which uh, about two weeks ago, there were the, the last two games in January for the Hawks in the, the possession battle, the Hawks actually at five on five got the better of Columbus in each game in terms of just pure shot attempts. They were pretty much even on shots and you, but you go over to the expected goals column. It, it got kind of weird where, in the first game, the Hawks lost two to one and by far had the better quality of chances. And then the second game, they they probably had the were on the lower end of quality of chances, but they won that game three to one. So it was it was kind of weird the, the way those two games played out that the Hawks probably played better in the game they lost, but you know, hockey hockey's just weird like that, I guess. I wouldn't put too much stock into this, but their PDO has been pretty bad. Yeah, and, and actually, that's a, a number that I, I saw circulating on Twitter last night. So the they're kind of due for some worst. Luck. They have the worst shooting percentage at even strength in the league. It's at like 5.5%. Last year, they were around 84 for the season. So that number is going to come up at some point, you assume. Um, but yeah, that was – I figured this year with Alex DeBrinket recovering and not bringing down the team shooting percentage, it would be more usual or, or more normal, but I guess not. The Brinkett's just doing the host of thing where he has like a shitty year shooting wise, and then he tears it up the next year. <laughs> if anybody does anything, anyone of the Hawks doing something that's a Marion Hosa thing, I am entirely here for. Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish to Brinkett would do the Marion Hosa thing of just being Marion Hosa. We'll, <laughs> or like we talk about that later. He could start by not being five seven, which I I don't think the Brinkett's <laughs> going to be able to. I think he's a little bit I mean, on the pro spurt stage. But look at Braden Point, who's also like five six and is a great two way player. I mean, look, if they're going to do any host of things, just turn the high slot into your altar and start putting <laughs> shots on. Okay. Like <laughs> we got some dirty work to do here, folks. <sighs> Maybe Hosa could come back and play like seven, like be the sixth defenseman. So they don't have to dress seven. Oh, I've been calling for Marion Hosa to come back and coach. Cause I, I think he should be on the bench somewhere. Well, he's busy living in a castle. In I know. I know. Oh, and he probably does not want to come back to America, but still. Well, uh, 
I can't I can't wax poetic about I mean we could sit and wax poetically about Marion Hosa for the next hour but let's let's not just uh, I don't want to get into my emotions here Dave it's only Wednesday <laughs> yeah it is only Wednesday unlike earlier when I said we were on Thursday and recording from the future apparently <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's been a week so, uh, any final Blackhawks thoughts gentlemen on Wednesdays we wear hosted jerseys <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm on I'm on board no no argument. yeah get. Get Phil Kirsch have more time, like Mill said earlier. Yeah. That's my final thought. Also, uh, just real quickly, Madison Bowie played last night, and I do, I really remember like noticing him like two or three times, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for a defenseman, but uh, I guess that makes him eligible for the expansion draft, which could protect some of the other players on the roster. So here for it. No, no, no objections whatsoever to Madison Bowie. Get used to the Pearl Jam, kid. You're going to Seattle. <laughs> I hope you enjoy rain and gray skies because that's yeah. that's in, that's probably in your future. If Seattle takes him, I guess. I guess Seattle's well. not required to take him. So I guess that's the end of the hockey portion of this year's show. And before we get out of here, we, we've revived our food discussion segment at the end of the show. And I think this is a very good time for it because Tuesday's a big day. Tuesday is is a lot of things. It is... Uh, it's Mardi Gras. It's Fat Tuesday. It's the uh, for the for those in the Catholic upbringing, such as myself. It's the day where you devour everything in sight ahead of the Lenten season, which is traditionally a time of fasting and sacrifice and all those things. So uh, it, it's a big day. It's also Punchki Day, which is where I've come for this whole discussion. Now, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like people in the Chicago area are very familiar with these because. This is the time of year they start popping up in grocery stores. Uh, the Polish language is fantastic because that's spelled P-A-C-Z-K-I and is pronounced Punchki, um, which I, I I I can't explain that to anyone. There's a C-Z and a K, so that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> English. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I have to tell you, if you are in the Chicago area, all right. Well, I guess I should be more specific. If you're in the south suburbs of Chicago, anywhere on the uh, uh, Indiana and Illinois border, the place you need to go to is Calumet Bakery because their punchkis are just they're, – they're unbeatable. Uh, Shepard, I know you're nowhere near that. Mill, I don't know if you've ever had these experiences. I mean, I have before, but I'm not that far either. I'm in the region, so – I, I, yeah. So, um, I, I guess just the, the general idea, and I guess this, I don't know if this is really a take for a discussion, but, uh, if there was ever a day to treat yourself and just eat wildly unhealthy amounts of food outside of Thanksgiving, of course, Tuesday's it. So have, if you're looking, if you're looking for any type of thing like that, it's probably safer than going to Munster donut and risking getting hit by a car. (laughs) Well, the problem, yeah, <laughs> getting hit by a car while it's on its way through the front door of the building. Yeah, while you're inside. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, fuck. Sorry. Because I guess that happened a few times, to that, I, that, which is really sad because that's also a wonderful donut place. Um, it keeps I, happening. And it keeps happening, and it's very disappointing because that's also a great place for uh, yes. some sweet treats. So I guess the general thought here, and may, maybe this isn't the best thing for a discussion, but it's just fat, uh, celebrate Fat Tuesday. Go, go, go nuts, people. Next Tuesday. Dave's hot, Dave's, Dave's hot food take is hot take. Fat Tuesday is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I guess I could have thought that through a lot better, huh? 
No complaints. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're, we're we're getting back into midseason form, folks. It's still still the first month of the season. We're still kind of getting our legs under us. We're not quite there yet. Uh, so I guess we'll try and do better next week. I'm going to order a turtleneck tonight, so next time we podcast, I can cosplay as Tortorella. <laughs> do you have the glasses? Because you have to have the glasses. Yeah, I'll put my glasses okay, on. I'll, I'll, I think I have like an Under Armour turtleneck thing. Maybe I'll, I'll wear that so we can all be Tortorella <laughs> and we can all find the uh, the best performer of the podcast and then sit him on the bench for the rest of the game. Because that's I mean, because that's I how you send a message. Damn it! I sort of have the mullet going too, so I, I do not. I, I got to learn. Got to learn how to say Brooksy. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get the fuck out of here, Brooksy? All right. Well, this, we've, we've effectively gone completely off the rails, so I think it's time to bring this in for a landing. Uh, Mill Shepard, any final thoughts? We both want Courage to, have to get more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both want Courage will, to get more time and, I, and make the first, the second penalty power, the second power play unit the first one. Yes. Okay. Well, I can co sign both of those things, so we're all in unanimous agreement on those takes. So. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, uh, follow us, uh, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Um, we'd much appreciate anyone that does that. Um, you can follow Mill on Twitter at Mill82. I am at underscore Dave Melton. Shepard Price is at Shepard Price. Uh, you can also follow the Second City Hockey general account at 2ND City Hockey. Uh, visit our website, secondcityhockey.com. We've got all kinds of stuff popping up on their website, uh, previews, recaps, and stuff on the days in between. Um, Stay tuned to these airways. We're going to have shows coming up every week. And uh, yeah, I think that'll pretty much do it. Uh, So thank you again for listening. For Mill, for Shepard, I'm Dave, and go Hawks.